Welcome to the third series of our show called Abakdokli. Abakdokli is a Nguni name for storytellers, and our show, Abakdokli the Storytellers, aims to share and unlock local, intercontinental, and intergenerational stories of women, illuminating women that are shaping and creating legacies, profiling African women as thought leaders and change makers. My name is Lebu Biko. I am joined by my partner, Rehema Isa, and together we're the founders of Womenomics Africa. Womenomics is a non-profit organization that exists to accelerate women's participation in what we believe are key economies, not just locally, but across the continent. In this third series, titled Mastering Change, we are so excited to be partnering with BrightRock, the first ever needs-matched life insurance that changes as your life changes. As you can tell from the name, Mastering Change is inviting our guests to share their experiences and their perspective of how they've navigated both personal and business change. In the hot seat today, and we are so honored to have this guest in studio with us today, we've got Ziggy Biela. Welcome, Ziggy. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, I had the word hot seat. <laughs> well, <laughs> the word hot seat, and you're like, oopsie. No, no, no. I don't think it's hot seat. Yeah. Let's take the hot as a euphemism for the fact that it's summer. It's like focus. Focus seat for the focus seat today. <laughs> so we've got Ziggy Biela, who is really the 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 the. the I suppose the brains behind Aslina Wines as a wine drinker. I love, love, love that wine. So I'm like, I'm so excited to be able to see women that are in this space, right? Not because I drink excessive amounts of wine, but the space that we know that is not predominantly, uh, I suppose you don't see many black women kind of going in this space. So we're excited to have you, Ziggy, as the winemaker and a director of Aslina Wines. I'm so excited for the conversation today. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Wonderful, wonderful. So I, I'm going to go straight into it, actually, because I know that our listeners are quite keen to understand you, your story, how you got to where you are. Mm. And 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 the first question that we always ask our guests is that beyond just giving, you know, like a one liner about what organization you represent or what, what role you have in that organization, we give you the opportunity to introduce yourself to our listeners, to our listeners. And kind of if we say to you, how would you like them to know about who you are. What would you like them to know about who you are? How would you introduce yourselves? Now that I've said Ziggy, winemaker, you know, inspiration behind Aslina Wines, what, how would you like them to kind of get a sense of who you are for the show? I think the, the part of introducing myself is one of the most difficult and complex, if I were to call it that, mm-hmm. because um, there's what people will see or what people will tell you about who you are, but there's who you are exactly behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And so I think as a person who grew up in the rural village, for me, grounding, which is one of the most important things, and being humble and understanding who I am, um, I always struggle, never introduce myself as, oh yeah, Nsigi the winemaker, because that's not who Nsigi is. Yeah. Nsigi yeah. <laughs> is a girl who's from the rural village of Mashabatini, who has grown and who's got friends and sisters and family and everything else around, um, but who happened to be the winemaker, who happened to be known as a trailblazer, um, who is in the wine space and making wine and making and actually just grinding the space and opening parts mm, for those mm. who are following. Mm, so, mm. yeah. I, I, I love that. I love so much about what it is that you've said, right? I think um, uh, this idea about where, where you draw your identity from, I think is an important part, right? So maybe That's you can tell us, you can tell us a bit more about that and how that has influenced who you are today. And then I suppose the second part of what you said is that part of who, how you describe who you are is how you are opening doors for others. So let's start about the, let's talk about the first part, like drawing your identity from, 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 you know, from, from this rural, rural, uh, uh, background that you have. How has that shaped who you are today? I think I remember when I started in the industry, I spoke to one of the guys, uh, one of the winemakers, and he said to me, one of the key things is to always make sure that my feet are on the uh, on the ground and my head is above the cloud. Mm. And that resonated with the fact that 
as I say, I'm from Wazulu Natal, from a rural village, grew up under my grandmother's guidance, who shaped the woman I am because mm. of the way she did things. Uh, she is a person I always say she used to touch things and they tend to gold mm. because from her pension, which was very little, uh, she could take care of a family and build a home and teach us how to be, I'm going to say be human mm. and have humility and at the same time be be you know not be strong but be a persevere be able to do things that people will say they are hard you know so i grew up looking after cows because there were no guys at home so Did i grew up no, yes. I, thought was, I thought that was a boy's job like I, I was doing that and I'll be milking cows, taking wow. the goats, okay, taking the cows to the graceland, uh, but at the same time go with the girls to go fetch wood in the forest. Wow. Wow. You know, so I, I was doing all those. I think what used to excite me was, I, I thought that was just me being naughty as a kid, obviously, because <laughs> my grandmother would be saying I need to cook and my grandfather is like, no, but she has to do this, fetch the cows, da 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 and then I would be like re-deciding with what my grandfather is saying. Because for me, it sounded more exciting yes, yes. than really the going to the kitchen and cooking and doing all the other stuff. And I always liked doing the outdoors. I was happy to go fetch the wood. I was happy to, to go fetch the water. I was happy to go fetch the cows, milk the cows, fight with the boys and, you know, do all those things that were outside. But anything that was indoors, it was just not a drag, but it was like, oh, yeah, I need to do it, you know, kind of stuff. And those things for me... It kept me grounded. I think that is probably one of the reasons, even getting into the industry, in the wine industry, when people talk it's a male-dominated, it's this. And I find myself, I remember a friend of mine used to say, see and be seen. I made sure that I was going to every seminar. Yeah. And that there's a winemaker seminar, I'll go and I'm like, oh, where are the women? You know, Ish. I'll notice that. But at the same time, I get there, I've got male friends. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, I easily speak to the guys and, you know, and, 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 and there will be, I remember this one time, um, like I was really busy in the center and I was like, okay, but even if it means I'm just popping in for 30 minutes, just to be there, show my face and walk out. Yeah, and yeah. I remember walking in and they all clap hands and they stand up. I'm like, the queen has arrived. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, wow. And I was like, why? They're like, well, we always hang around you. You always come to these things. I'm like, but where are the other women? They're like, we try to invite everybody. But yeah. it's like depending who comes through. Yeah. You know, yeah. so and I, it was just one of those because I always try to make sure that I arrive and I show my face in spaces. I, I pitch into spaces. You're present, mm. right? You're I, present. Yes, I'm present. Yeah. You know, Ziki, I don't think you, you realize how what you've just said um, is actually experienced by those around you. So I'm going to share with you about how I first came to know of you. And I heard about you before I ever met you in person. And I didn't hear about you in South Africa. I heard about you in and that's telling mm. that, you know, you speak about your grandmother and how your grandmother represents somebody who's who what she touched turned to gold. gold yeah. You reference the fact that you are grounded. And I'm loving this context where you are showing what is typical for most people born in the 60s, 70s and 80s. What is a combination of a rural upbringing, which is grounding us into traditional practices, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but very firmly steeped into the modern construct of being an African. But let me go back to uh, my introduction of you, of how I heard of you. I heard about you from a friend who is also a wine drinker. Yeah. So they hate the fact that I don't drink wine, which is such an abomination <laughs> to, to them. We need to change that. Ziggy, and, um, can we put, do something? Change management. <laughs> I've been told that, Ziggy, you are going to be the key to me actually understanding wines um, and, 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 and pairing them with our food. Yes. But I was, I remember sitting um, and on the phone with a friend of mine, Grace, and she was talking, she was so excited because she just launched her business that I think is just live and what her words were is that um, you know Rahema you've been talking about women owned value Mm -hmm, chains mm -hmm. and we've been able to secure 
wines from a winemaker in South Africa. But the story didn't end there. She said, well, we actually reached out to a number of winemakers. And this one, I would recommend to anybody because she is responsive. Mm -hmm. She actually gets it. She is looking at growing her business, but she listens, she pays attention, and she actually comes to Botswana to actually get people more familiar with what her products do and how they can be paired with food. That was Mm -hmm. the very first time I heard about Aslina Wines. Fast forward a week later, I'm in Eswatini, and who do I hear about? Aslina. <laughs> and Aslina ah. Wines. And I thought to myself, I think I said to Lebo, I said, listen, this Aslina Wine thing is everywhere. And we've got to, I remember thinking, we've got to include you in our product range for Christmas, which is how we first came to know about, you know, your products. And I can tell you this, I don't know if our clients got more wine than the people in the business. We but had to sample. <laughs> <laughs> But having said that, um, there's something powerful about the stories people tell about you, right? And I was just connecting the fact that the story we hear about you is actually resonating with the story of who you purport to be and what you stand for. In your experience, what is the most frequently shared story about you and your business? And why do you think this is the case? I think it's um, different people, really. Um, I'll make an example Locally, whether it's friends, whether it's business people, it's all about the grounding part. It's like mm, with mm. the person we're meeting compared to what the person is, because they expect when they meet me, they find this person who is, I don't know what to call it, but the one who's on a high horse. Mm, but then mm. they find they meet a person they can relate to mm. instead. And I had that even in Japan. And I remember talking to my important Japan. She like she was, every time she sees me, she will talk and then she cries. And she's like, you know what? You always make me emotional because you make me feel you make me feel comfortable. You make me uh, feel like I'm at home. You make me mm-hmm. feel you know. So it's that. It's people when they meet me, they feel they've arrived to a person who connects mm-hmm. easily with them. So for me, that is important because it's I'm, I'm a human, not just the business, but I'm a human. And mm-hmm. that human element needs to play a big role to actually connecting to people. So because we're all fighting the same struggles. Mm-hmm. It's just that it's different boats, really. And we're all in this sea and we've got different size boats and we're paddling in the same waters. But at the same time, it's how do we actually navigate that space with others? People don't spend a lot of time thinking about financial services. They simply think about the money they need to do things and the things they need to do with money. That's why we don't think of ourselves as a financial services provider. Rather, we're a money company. In fact, we're the needs-matched money company. Everything we do is, well, needs-matched including providing the world's first-ever needs-matched life insurance. Life insurance that changes as your life changes. And because we know our lives change, because we wanted to know and share everything there is to know about change, we call this school of thinking Change Science. It's why we created the Change Exchange, a free resource filled with tips, tools and other people's stories of navigating change in their lives. And it's why we created this podcast series. You can find many more on changeexchange.co.za or on your preferred podcast platform. Just search for Change Exchange. I think what I love about what you're always sharing is and what, what one gets when speaking to you is the sense of humanity, mm. right? And how being humane is always consistent and constant about how you come across. Um, wine for me growing up was a posh drink, right? Mm. <laughs> um, and, and seeing a black wine sommelier, right? That's the word. Winemaker. Um, winemaker. Oh, yes. Yeah. Winemaker. Um, is having a wine, a black wine, a black female 
having a black female winemaker is significant because something that seemed very posh now seems a lot more accessible. That's what you do when you mm. break boundaries where one didn't exist or play before, right? Yeah. But just give us a little brief sense of how did you go from milking cows to making <laughs> wine? <laughs> wine. Yeah. I mean, that's a leap. <laughs> it's all in agro-processing. <laughs> it's agriculture. Exactly. No, balance me. Because I, I, in my mind, I'm sitting back and I'm hearing about this rural upbringing. I'm hearing about how you are grounded mm. and that comes through. But being in the wine business is lofty business. That's global business. That's that's. But it's also stereotypical kind of business, right? It, it is, it it is, is a very particular stereo- part of our country. It carries a particular kind of demographic. So, and history. Yeah, so for you to have moved from rural, which we can we appreciate rural animals and, and so forth, to actually going into not just any part of the agro-processing value chain to wine, right? Yeah. And uh, how did you do that? Yeah. So um, as I was growing up, one thing I knew for sure is that I was going to study. And I remember saying to my grandmother, I'll do a four-year degree. And she cried because one thing she knew, she didn't have money for that. Yeah. You know, and she cried and she was like, okay. But like, you know, and then um, I'll finish my metric I got a job. I worked as a domestic worker for a year. You what? did? Yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what? And actually, my grandmother was against me doing that. But for me, it was, I said to her, just give me a chance. It's really to change my life. Because for me, it's like, if this is not comfortable, I need to move a foot. Yeah. I cannot yeah. stand still and expect it to change. Yeah. Every step will add value to whatever I'm doing. So it was for me a stepping stone towards wherever I want to go. I knew that it wasn't going to be, I'm going to be a domestic worker and it's going to end there. I had to, I'm going to find a way. So I worked for a year and um, actually I was talking about uh, this man a couple of days ago to my sister. But you know, some people, God brought them to the world to change people's life in a different way. And mm-hmm. sometimes you try to trace, to track them and you don't see what they've done, but they've done these big things uh, mm-hmm. which nobody actually mm, which it was actually destined for them to do. So I was recruited from high school by Jabulan Jangasa, who was in the wine industry. Mm. Um, also, when he realized that the wine industry was too white, and he's like, we need black people in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, we cannot only have laborers. We need you know, so I was one of those people who was who were recruited, um, and when I got this recruitment, I was told I was going to be studying winemaking, and this is me thinking, oh, I'm going to have hunters and crossbow. <laughs> hunters and crossbow. That's what I thought was wine. <laughs> so you were a bit like me, ne? <laughs> when are you always? <laughs> I, I, trying to find I'm not, for me. I'm yeah. not yes. sure if I was like you because I was at that time managing to make mkomboti with my grandmother. She okay. used to say to me, you need to do it. It's your turn. And then I'll do it. The only thing I wasn't allowed to do was and she would say no because my hand was making it less apparently. Oh, so, really? What's that? What's that? Sorry. To, you mentioned um, to drain mkomboti. Like to strain, to strain there's, it. There's a, there's a yes. straining oh, process. The process. Yeah. There's a straining okay. process. She yeah. wasn't allowing me to do that. So I was allowed to make it, but not mm-hmm. to strain it. Then she would strain it herself. Okay, so okay. Um, I think when this opportunity came, for me, it was like, I'll do it. And there was a scholarship from South African Airways. And they said, it's winemaking, it's in Stellenbosch, uh, and it's in Afrikaans. I was like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll do that. You know? Did you speak Afrikaans? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> I did, I did. Let me tell you this. When I was filling in the forms, I had to go back to school. To my Africans teacher, and ask her to ask him. him to, yes, I had to ask him to help me fill in the forms because I had no idea what I was filling for the forms. But, you know, so uh, that was the less veil of my understanding of Africans. So, fast forward, all the processing happened. I came to Stellenbosch, and I remember the very first time arriving in a place in Jablani's place, which was in Mamsbury. And then I get there, and I had to go to the shop. You're still buying over the counter. Yeah, and then I'm like, I need bread. I, well, I remember I wanted bread, tomatoes. I can't remember what was the other thing, or was it some chicken to buy those three? Uh, because he wasn't home, so I needed to buy something that we're gonna eat at night until he gets home. Because we got dropped off by his friend who picked us up at the bus station with a couple of students. I get to the counter and I realize, I need to speak Afrikaans. 
Mm. I speak English and nobody understands me. Sure. And I'm thinking, damn, what was bred in Africans? I had to try and think what was bred in Africans. And I remembered what that was. And then I just called the name. And then I, they gave me the bread. I paid for the bread. I walked out. I, like there was no way I'm going to try to figure out what is meat and what is other. I, like, <laughs> I just took the bread and I walked out. That was enough. That, that, That's enough. That was enough for the day <laughs> for the for thinking. The <laughs> I was like, there's been too much thinking. So I took the bread and I just left. Wow. But arriving on campus and you're like, oh my word, it's white. Like white. Yeah. I was standing above the library. People are walking past me. They're speaking a language I don't understand and I can't see any black face. That was terrifying. That was my terrifying moment. And luckily, someone came and there was one of the girls. Um, like it, I think at that moment for me, you know, when you say a black person there, you run to them. Like, yes, run. yes, yes. And because it was early in the year, not everyone was back at adversity. So it was postgraduate. You'll find that it's uh, people from either North Africa or who are postgraduates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you get there, me thinking everyone speaks Zulu. <laughs> I get there, I'm like, yes, I want it. And they're looking at you. <laughs> but again, I think they understood because they've seen the culture of Stellenbosch. Yes, and they will yes. like literally embrace you and try to, you know, guide you on things. But then I got guided where I was supposed to go. And then get to the hall, the, the lecturer speaks Afrikaans, cracks jokes, everybody laughs. You realize you are clueless of what's happening, like clueless. Wow. But none of that stopped you, right? Like No. It, <laughs> one thing I was sure of is that yes. whatever it takes, I'm going to get this degree. You're gonna get whatever it, it takes, because I'm not going to go back home. There's nothing for me to do at home. Yeah. I was clear with that. So I don't have anything. If I go back home, what am I going to do? Nothing. Yeah, yeah. So I might as well, you know, be here and figure it out. And figure it out, it happened. So and the journey from that to, to, to Aslina then, because that was now the starting, that was the studying journey, right? So that was the studying journey. You could have gone and worked elsewhere and, you know, kind of. Yes. So I studied and I, I worked at one of the wineries as a student, uh, trying to find out what wine was. And I learned what wine was and it was exciting. Um, I get exposed to students being what you call it you know when you're in class and people ask you what are you doing in Afrikaans university if you don't understand the, the language yeah, yeah. they're not asking you what you're doing like in a nice way it's like what the hell are you doing here that's that, that's you the, don't yeah, belong yes. you know that's the undertone that's the undertone <laughs> yes that's yeah. the undertone it's like what the hell yeah. are you doing here yeah. like you know you, you're not wanted here um, and there were all those things and then I, again I was scared I'm like I'm going to get to the industry oh my goodness what's going to happen I think one of the turning points was when I was working um, at one of these wineries at Delheim. This general manager takes me to one of the seminars for winemakers. Excited. Yes, I'm going to the seminar to see other winemakers. I'm starting to add this thing anyways. Yes. And I get there. It's men. They're all white. I see mm. one lady registering everyone at the door. I'm like, I'm a bit consoled. Okay, there's a woman. And then she finishes. She closed her book. She left. I'm thinking, oh. what the hell? That was the start. That was a, an introduction. Welcome to the wine industry. So, <laughs> sure. And you still stayed. <laughs> I sure must. Because many people might have thought, hi, this is not for me, right? <laughs> yes. But I think, you know what? They, you'll find these big noises of the negativity. Yeah. But yeah. zooming in to what is positive is what made me stay. Zooming in to what is positive. I remember one of the winemakers, um, he said to me, like, you know, when somebody speaks to you and you see they're feeling sorry for you. Yeah. I was cleaning the barrels and then he said to me, Sigi, really be careful in the industry. Not everybody is for you. Yeah. So, and I was like, shame. I, like, when he spoke, even my heart broke because I could feel, again, we are emotions as people. We yeah. are spirits. You can tell when a person is really for you, rooting for you. They might not have the power of giving you the world or giving you anything but the words that you'll tell with the energy mm. and the previous winemaker was working at that time also like two winemakers who spoke to me um the hours like i want to be like these guys so wh- whatever noise that was happening around i was like I, i'm going ahead mm. you know so i finished my studies joined um seneca as a winemaker but now the interesting part was i need to negotiate with farmers for grapes lovely <laughs> is, is that a, is that a big like in in your space? Is that is there something that kind of determines that? Because you're you're laughing now to say now I have to negotiate as if now it's not straightforward. <laughs> we go back to stereotypes. 
Okay. You look at the farmers. <laughs> yes. You look at the, this big Afrikaans guy, you're thinking, dear Lord, help me here. How was your Afrikaans by this time? It was still not good. Mm. It became good, I think, on my... It was the end of my first year working as a winemaker because then I was speaking Africans with the seller team. It was fun to speak Africans at that time because the seller team, it's a mix of Africans, English, Zulu, Kosa, everything. It's fun, it's fun of, of something the wine of industry. Some, yes, <laughs> yes. So that, so it, so it was fun then to learn yeah. it because now yeah. we're talking about, we're doing it in, 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 the, in the seller space and it's fun, you know. But I mean, one of the things for me, it was... You, when they see you, they're like, oh my word. You're thinking to yourself, okay, now what am I going to say to this guy? <laughs> yeah. and, it, you know, and again, there will be those who come to the cellar, they want to sell the grapes. They're like, no, we're looking for a winemaker, not a supervisor. And the team will say, this is our winemaker. And they're like, no, no, we're looking for the winemaker, not the Because again, they've got a perception of what a winemaker Of what you look like. like. Mm, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Th- there was that. And I remember there was this one guy, Mbis. He's a West Shorts. Deep Afrikaans guy, he used to play rugby in the olden ages for South Africa. And I remember I looked at him and I'm thinking, oh my God, I need to go to talk to this guy about grapes. <laughs> <laughs> Where do I start? <laughs> and again, talking about this stereotype, he was the sweetest person. He was the, like he was like a real teddy bear. He was like and he was guiding me, telling me, and he was like, let's go. Like we walk to the, his vineyard. You're passing tomatoes. It's like. Kid, you must eat tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, th- there was mm. that. So it is. So there was a mix of all these people in the industry. But again, don't lose the focus. And again, the focus to be focusing on the people who are positive, not the negative yeah. ones. Because there's always going to be the negative people. And so for me, it was more saying focus on the positive. Mm. Because that's what was propelling me ahead. So I've, I worked. I did my harvest in different countries. Uh, Italy, France, um, visited the USA, visited New Zealand. I did a collaboration wine with an American winemaker. I consulted in one of the wineries Mm. in France and came 2015 after attending an African Women Entrepreneurship Program. I resigned and then Aslina was born. And there's a story around Aslina, right? The name and how you got to that. Yes. So (laughs) the name, Aslina, is my grandmother's name. So what I did is I remember um, I was doing the second collaboration with an American winemaker. And we talked and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be starting my own brand. I'm going to be focusing on, you know. And then she was like, oh, what is the name of your brand? And I was like, oh, yeah, it's called. And then she was like, oh, first of all, what did you name it after? I was like, oh, it's named after my grandmother. She's like, tell me about your grandmother. So we're sitting having dinner behind a house in California and we're talking so I explained and talk about my grandmother and then she's like so what's your grandmother's name I'm like Aslina and literally we all raised glasses and said cheers to Aslina and oh, that that's, was, that. that's, that's how, how it was born that's how the, that's how the <laughs> name was sold to say it is Aslina and I think for me everything to look at how it happened mm. I was that everything is actually spiritual so it, yeah indeed indeed We are a generation of South Africans. We have faced challenges and been given opportunities that our parents were not. We We have seized the future with both hands and we will be the change we want to see in in our our nation. Our guests are orchestra conductors, mountaineers, investors and activists, pilots, winemakers and more. To listen, simply search for Change in One Generation wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by The Change Exchange. Helping you to better navigate life's changes. Right, we're meant to be where where we're meant to be, but I think we mustn't, um, you know, they always say that... um, Uh, it's the hard work that kind of, you know, that kind of uh, makes it feel like it's luck. I can't remember what the saying is, but you've got to put in the work, right? So that other stuff can open. So I think what we're taking a lot from your story is that, yes, we're meant to be where we're meant to be, the spirituality, etc. But 
I, I love how you're talking about this commitment and this perseverance, right? And this, That's a thing. This, you know, consistently, consistently uh, a resilience of what you're doing. Because I think, I mean, as entrepreneurs, we, we're quite clear about when you talk about the positive stuff. I mean, you have to have a dose of that, a dose of naivety, even as an entrepreneur, right? Like, That's a thing. It's, it's going to get better. I can hear you. But me, I'm focused on the goal, right? This mm-hmm. is where I'm going because I can see that that it's better. But even in, in all the adversity, right, that you've yes. gone through in, in your, 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 I mean, you've started off with wanting to go to school with no funds, getting into an environment which was, you know, was not exactly the friendliest or a bit hostile, but still keeping your eye on the prize uh, and getting to a point where this phenomenal brand is founded. I don't think we should take away, you know, the, the journey and no, the stories and, and the perseverance, not. you know, that kind of that kind yeah. of made it happen. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, because yeah. obviously, as much as I'm saying everything is spiritual, but again, you have to work for it. Yeah. You know, it's 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 the guidance that you need to listen to. It's it's things that I learned now that whenever something gives me anxiety when I need to do it, I stop. Mm. It gives me anxiety, I stop. Because it shouldn't. Mm. When it's mm. supposed to be, I must be going there with peace and knowing that every energy I put in, if it doesn't work, I'm gonna say, No, it didn't work. Not when it doesn't work, I'm gonna say Maybe if, maybe if, maybe if. Yeah, yeah. You know. So you kind of give it your all. You're in it. <laughs> in it. But yeah. when there's a bit of anxiety mm-hmm. and when I'm, I need to do something or the thought of it, it makes me anxious. Or if I feel like I need to make a decision as in yesterday for something, I'm like, no. I don't want to make the decision yesterday for something that I want to do. Can I mull on it? Can it, if it's mine, it's going to be mine. Yeah. That's, I want it. Yes, I want. There's this. I want to need it. <laughs> I want to need it. Yes, I love that. But if it's supposed to be mine, it's going to be mine in all those fears. So yeah. yeah. I think that's that's beautiful. I think that's that's such a beautiful. I mean, as our listeners are, are hearing about it, right? And I think. Sure, if anything, the last two and a half, I can't believe it's almost three years of this environment that we've been in, right? This I, the, the importance of resilience yeah. <laughs> and focus yeah. and pushing through. And I think your journey has been quite quite a lot of that. And I, I want to talk a bit more around, you know, the, the industry. And, 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 and as you know, our, our conversation is also around looking at change and what changes you've seen. I mean, you've, you've, you've described your industry a lot in terms of uh, how it's made up in terms of the demographic makeup, right? That yeah. It's, 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 yeah. it's male. It's, it's white, it was at least when you started uh, and I suppose that even then kind of begins to influence what the economic makeup of, the, of that environment is what, what changes have you seen in the industry you know, between when you started and now uh, 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 and what are the significant changes and, and then I suppose the second part of the question is then what, if any opportunities are those changes uh, unlocking for yourself but also those that are also in, in this industry I think I remember when I started you know when there would be a wine show Let's just talk on the consumption side, which is much easier because it's easy to go to a space and buy what you want, right? Yeah. But in terms of tasting room visitors, in terms of wine show visitors, in terms of you getting to spaces where it's got lifestyle wine involved, like I used to, like, I'm like, oh my goodness, there are no black people here. Mm-hmm. And as time went on and then slowly, and I remember the excitement I had when there was still Soweto Wine Festival. Because that was, for me, I remember the first time I went, I was like, oh my God, there is South Africa. Yes, it's like, yes. <laughs> you're getting excited looking at the show, like, oh, there is South Africa. Because the rainbow nation that was spoken about, I could finally see it in the industry. Yeah. Yes, it's still on the consumption side, but there's progress. Yeah. People come in, they're tasting wine, they, you know, they're buying wine, they're starting to drink wine, they feel that they can, you know, enjoy this. And fast forward... Wow, there's also people now who are owning in the business. There are people who are getting into certain management level in the, within the industry. Again, there's a positive. But also, I think what I like is there's also the part of the learning or the educational side of things that brings people into the industry. And I'm also involved in one of those, which is the Pinotashu Development Academy. Mm-hmm. So we're training young people through the value chain of the wine industry. Um, then we do job placements. So they'll come in, get trained for a year. But because we're dealing with the young people between 18 to 25, who've got like issues that sometimes I'm like, God, thank you for protecting me. I'm, I was never exposed to this. Mm. I'm talking like when people go, oh, yeah, cars that I'm like, that was the beauty of life where I was living. 
but these young people are exposed to things that are beyond the pain, you know, and you're like, so we've got now, so they go through these technical studies, but at the same time we deal with personal development. Yes. There's coaching, there's counseling, there's all those, so that we have people who go out there and can go fight for themselves in yeah. the space. That's so people, right? Yeah. yeah. We're building this whole person. Yeah. So, but I think some of the things that were making me sometimes a bit anxious when we find the responses to say, yes, the industry is changing, but some individuals are not changing. You know, so it's going it's to take a while, but it mustn't take the same time as when this whole thing was built. We, is it, it, yeah, is it yeah. happening fast enough? Is it, is it, and, well, and what, what do you think needs to happen to kind of accelerate that, right? What? It, it, it's not happening fast enough. One of the issues is that obviously the wine industry, the businesses are family orientated. Yeah. So because it's family orientated, to bring people in, it, it's, it's kind of a bit on a rough patch. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm going to say things that I don't like to, I, I, I don't like blaming people, but I just feel sometimes a government doesn't understand the industry well. Yeah. Because whatever structures they're trying to put in, you like, you know, entrepreneurs. <laughs> yeah. Like it's a story for <laughs> That's a whole podcast on its own, right? It's like, but I'm seeing and I'm sensing your frustration. Um, you know, because change is a holistic effort, and you know, as you've been speaking, what's been coming to my mind, and and you wine drinkers can correct me, um, but rumor has it on the streets where I read that wine gets better over time. Yeah. Um, and so what I what I take from the journey that you're sharing so far is that this is a process. The process of transformation is taking time. The change takes time. And and I love what you're saying about there's a need to accelerate it because it shouldn't take as long as it did to create such a great industry mm-hmm. for the changes to come in effect to create an even better yes. industry that's a lot more inclusive. And I think that there's this recognition that there are many stakeholders. I mean, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about my, my daughter, who is 18, so she does <laughs> um, so she can she does enjoy her wine. Um, <laughs> um, but one of the things that we do when we do go to the Western Cape is wine tasting because that's something that she actually appreciates, right? Yeah. And yeah. what you've mentioned is about the the value chain changing, and perhaps the first point of 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 access is the consumption mm-hmm. element. Yeah. Um, but I think that there's there's a call that you're putting out for other stakeholders in the production um, element, and that's not just the entrepreneurs who are trying to make a business out of it, but the ecosystem, the ecosystem. yes, and the, and the mm-hmm. operating content, the enabling environment. Yep. For this industry to thrive with a variety of players coming yes. in in different spaces, and I think that one should be brave enough to say that because we are the architects of the change that we want to see. And I think that we should be able to say when we're frustrated at the pace of change and development because it's not necessarily. I don't think um, winemaking is priority number one <laughs> on the economic, you know, shifting list. But mm. because it's not priority number one, it doesn't mean we shouldn't be paying attention. To these different sectors where there are significant players where we can make a difference and it does have contribution to the economy and I think it's worthwhile Mm. us um, Mm. focusing on that, right? Mm. Yes, with the economy, look, talking about the economy of it, the wine brings actually a lot of money to the government. The GDP is high. Mm. So Mm. for, 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 for black people to actually have a proper stake into it, we need that whole value chain. Mm. You know, yeah. so now we're currently starting on this side, and you're like, and the government saying, no, I'm not gonna come, I'm gonna help, but mm. you're like, what's happening? I think mm-hmm. one of the things I, I'm grateful for is that when I started, I remember I was like, I, me, with with or without that government, I'm doing this. This is for uh, me. Yeah, this is yeah. not for the government. This yeah. is for me. This is for the next generation, and I'm mm. doing that. And by t- saying that, I had to actually do the groundwork and build relationships. Because even when I was starting, my starting of the business was, I was like, okay, I know the bottling company, I know the bottlers, I know this, I know. and I was like, I had to negotiate. Listen, mm, mm. I negotiated with my buyers first. I was like, uh, do you mind to pay 50% upfront yeah. while I'm doing my production? And yeah. I go to the company that sells bottles, do you mind if I pay you in the next four months? I'm not going to pay you now. But in because mm. I built those relationships while yes, I was working yes. within the industry. And they were like, okay, fine. And I went to the guy who sells capsule and he's like, no, it's fine. I don't break boxes, but I'll break it for you, you know, yeah. and give you half what you need, you know. And then go to the one who's going to be bottling to say, listen, 
um, can I pay you 50%? I'm not going to pay you all the money so that I can be able to move the wine mm. and then I'll pay you when I get paid. Mm-hmm. So it, it was all those negotiations and also with, with the trust that I've built with the people within the industry. So that's what helped me actually be able to start the way I started. Mm. And again, with the friends I've had, I have in the industry, I remember the, the owner of the High Road Winery was like, how much do you need? You'll pay me when you can. And I was like, what? Wow. Like, you know? And fearfully, I said what uh, the, the, the money that, but I know that if I said more, he would have given me that. But yeah. I said what I was like, okay, I need to give what I really need. And then I utilize that to actually build, you know. And so with the process and also, again, going back to the people who are buying and say, guys, you know, I'm starting financial, I can't afford one to, can you pay a little bit up front? If you place the order, can you pay up front? Mm-hmm. As time goes on, I'll give you your 30 days, I'll give you your 60 days, mm-hmm. you know. So it, it was really trying to navigate the space to say, how do I build this business and make mm. it sustainable? Mm. But at the same time, the honesty of people, when people know that you're honest and sincere, mm. they know they will work with you. Mm. So I, I managed to do that. And fast forward, um, one of the biggest buyers, not of my wines, but of liquor in the industry, um, I remember I went to sell them the wine, which was um, three years ago, I think. I went to sell them wine and they bought the first batch. Yes. And again, it was a friend like, you need to go sell the wine to these people. And I was like, mm. but I'm thinking they're big. Uh. But anyways, I went, sold the wine. They were like, okay, we're going to list three of your wine on our shops. We're going to select, because of the price point, we're selecting the top ones. Yes. I was yes. like, great. And when I went to introduce them to the second vintage, and the guy called me, he's like, listen, I've got the director of the company and the financial person. And I'm like, Oh, you didn't tell me. I thought I'm coming to give you the tasting. Yes. He's like, yes, you're giving me the tasting, but I need you to talk to them too. Make them understand who you are. Were you not scared? Well, (laughs) I got there and I'm like, okay, fine. Ziggy, just talk about your wine. That's, Mm. That's what you know. Right, and I spoke about the wine and I explained about the history of the wine, who am I, how I got here, my story, told my story. And the next question was, like, How can we help? That's beautiful. And I was like, So I wasn't prepared for the question, yes. But my next thing was, like, By buying my wine so that I can be able to grow, indeed. But also, I always get bottlenecks, and they were like. Where do you get your bottlenecks? I'm like, when I'm bottling, I have to think if I'm bottling, how much I'm going to bottle and I need money for buying grapes and then I need money for bar, you know, I need money for barrels, I need money for this. And they're like, okay, mm-hmm. fine. We can give you a loan, which is interest free. You're going to do this here and then you'll pay us over a year. Wow. I was like, that's an entrepreneur's dream, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I, lit, I remember I got out of the meeting I was crying I called my sister and I was crying I was like eh. <laughs> like I couldn't like it was it, it was amazing it was, I was emotional I was like God thank you like literally the dream came true sure. and fast forward now we are a team of six so yeah that, that's so beautiful, Nsugi. I think uh, you've, <laughs> you know, the journey that you're talking, I think for many entrepreneurs is, is, a, is, is a known one, right? Uh, the, the, the kind of decisions that you make, the kind of contemplations that you have to make. But you have gone and chosen to do that in an industry that's not exactly the easiest. <laughs> so <laughs> you've chosen a space that's not the easiest. What, what have you had to uh, navigate as, as, as personal change for yourself? Because I'm sure it's taken, you know, it's kind of pushed you to places that you never thought you'd have to go through you've had to you know see parts of yourself that you never knew existed potentially but if you think about as you are looking at this industry that as I said is not the easiest uh, that the change as you're saying it's happening but it's not happening fast enough and so there'll be quite a you know quite a long road towards that uh, it must have tested you significantly in your journey so when you think about your own personal change when you think about as we say the most significant uh, personal metamorphosis. What has that been? What what triggered it? What happened? What was the change? Uh, you know, were you somebody different before? What? How would you say as the industry, as you've navigated the industry from that young student who decided to go and study to where you are now? Uh, what's that single change? I think when I was growing up, I, well, that's what my period. I thought I thought I was a shy person, but <laughs> <laughs> eh, no. <laughs> <laughs> But <laughs> but I found no. myself that I learned the importance of again using the word see and be seen. 
Yeah. Talk to the people. The only answer I can get is no. Or I'll think about it. Or here it is. What's the worst case scenario? Yeah. Nothing really. There's no worst case scenario. So I always say, there's no worst case scenario. Introduce myself, try and find what I can get or offer what I can offer. Mm-hmm. And I think the most challenging thing for me is at the current stage, you know, the growing pains of the business. Mm. The when you you I didn't grow up within a business space. Mm. Okay. So now I've started a business. It's been great to operate as a winemaker and you know, action, 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 action. Now you've got a team mm. that you need to look after. The that stepping up, I found it being challenging at the moment. Mm. Because I need to think about the people I'm working with. I need to think about the sensitivities. And then you're like Okay, I need to get I've done a course in this and this but I think I need a different one too that yeah, I can mm-hmm. actually understand I need to attend different seminars so that I need to attend this to see and have a discussion with people to see how do we do you guys navigate these kind of spaces mm-hmm. because we're not born with this at the end of the day as an entrepreneur you need to grow as the business grows as the business grows mm-hmm. yeah you know so you find yourself that the business is growing it grew fast and then you're like oh i'm following i was ahead of you but all of a sudden i'm behind you what's happening yeah, so yeah, i need yeah. to catch up so that's currently i feel is the space i'm at like i've mm. changed i've grown but there is that the business jumped in two folds at high speed mm. and we increase in production we increase in number of heads in the company and there's more bigger things that i've been looking forward to but i'm like okay it looks like i'm the ketchup system is not working well it's not going it's mm. not going fast enough <laughs> the, the ketchup system is not going fast enough so i need to actually i think one of the things i've realized that as you grow your business don't leave yourself behind mm. what what does that mean unpack that so as you grow the business you must grow with the business how do you mm. grow with the business is to make sure that you educate yourself to be ahead of the business mm, mm. and what cuz you, your aim is to look ahead to say okay this is where we're going but i think we get as entrepreneurs you get to say okay we're going there we've got all the plans of going there but then you're busy with the plans mm. and you're not growing yourself with education with information so that when you get to that level you're ready mm-hmm. so now you're managing to push cuz energy went you push it forward and it gets there and you're like ah i need to catch up you know mm-hmm. so yeah we have a saying internally um with ourselves love with i <laughs> that every day is graduation day Indeed. Yeah. and that is a reflection <laughs> that almost every single day you are coming across a new business challenge a new requirement of yeah. thinking and there's also that humility that comes with business with appreciating that you don't have the answers mm. yes. whilst your team is expecting you to come up them. with resolutions mm. that actually you're facing situations you didn't even fathom before We're that possible. would need Ash. an answer mm. um, yes and, and, so, and you're supposed to be you're expected to be perfect and you're expected to lead mm. um and and sometimes it it exposes you vulnerably in terms of yeah. what seems evident in terms of what you must know um and what they need you and how they need you to show up for them mm. and i think that in the last few months i think we definitely can attest um to that being the case as your business is growing um you have actually equipped yourself to point a mm. and your business and those teams that you started to grow with are requiring something totally different of you Yeah. Um personally yeah. I think we also talk about the tools mm. that we use to navigate mm. um yes. this journey. I, I love reading. Um <laughs> love immersing myself immersing myself in um books and and what they bring up. I love also listening in to in the leadership people. development yeah. space to what other people are doing. are doing. And I call that my leadership toolkit. How do I shore myself up with knowledge resources or conversations or contexts that allow me to broaden my insight base. Yes. Where do you go to? What do you go to? What's your go-to context for increasing your knowledge base or giving you some of the answers that you didn't necessarily mm. wake up with or what are you using as your point of reference for your graduations every as day? As you're navigating, right? As you're navigating. Yeah. I read, but I've just read. <laughs> I read a lot. Mm. Um, but What it, are you reading? Sure, mm. I read. Well, I read different books. I've got a mm. book where It's not a business book 
but it's a book about life. I read a book, A Return to Love, which for me teaches me how to lead with love instead oh. of lead. So it's A Return to Love. It's a to hard sure that, book. Yeah. So it's a book for me where it's like, whatever I do, I must do it from a place of love. Wow. That you are not going to go wrong when you do things from a place of love. But at the same time, understanding that you're not going to satisfy everybody. Indeed. Yeah. You know, so oh. I, I've got that book, which is always a go-to book. But at the same time, I've, that book, um, books that I read, um, a leader who had no title. Um, mm-hmm. But that's a book I've been giving. I give as gifts to students mm-hmm. because everybody is a leader at every level they're at. So I give that as a gift to students like, whoever is a student I'm like okay you're still studying in school yeah read this because I feel it's the, what the book that they need at that it might not make sense but they need that book at the beginning yeah so yeah so I, I read that and then I try and watch some documentaries um, mm-hmm. I love watching what Simon Sinek always say yeah you know his leadership way of leadership skills he talks about mm. I watch those. Um, I listen to him. Mr. And Start so, with why. <laughs> Mr. Yes, Mr. Start with why. So I, yeah. I, 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 I listen to that. And I, I realize, I think one of the key things for me, of the things that he speaks most about, like everything starts from within and then you go outside and then from outside in. And I realize that's how I've been operating in terms of when I was employed. Mm-hmm. I literally, every time something was coming from outside, I'll find myself a block mm. because you feel like you're being pushed. But if it was, you're being navigated that you work it within and then I'll find myself like going extra mile. Mm. Nziki, mm. you are such a wisdom and a fountain of knowledge, of grace, mm. I must say that. Um, and for those who are not aware of this, I think you shared with us that you are a sleepist yeah. and you enjoy <laughs> sleeping. Yeah. Um, so I am, I am, ah, I'm I mean, leaving them with group. that, that it's one of your tools for coping. <laughs> yes, I <sleep>. um, <laughs> Unashamedly, you're my person. <laughs> you do like to sleep, yeah. but I think that um, in 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 closure, I think mm. there's a beauty and grace that you've shared with us today, and we really appreciate the time, the gift of sharing with us the vision mm-hmm. that you've had from a very young age, um, the knowledge of wanting to do more and to be more, the dedication that you've had to walking that journey, telling your mother that you will be a domestic helper. Mm-hmm. Those are some of the kind of tasks that some young people feel that are beneath them, but you embracing that because you're saying this is the path to where I want to be and and honoring that space when you're in it and saying if it is more if there's more to be then I will step into that I think that focus that you had of walking into spaces that may not be accommodating where people did not look like you sound like you but still being willing to participate in them showed a high level Mm. of resilience um, but an openness to guidance from others who are professionals in that space um, I think for me is, is, is really one that allows us to reflect on the beauty of negotiating with honesty where we are at the beauty of showing up with honesty but investing in ourselves and investing in the shift of a culture of a space that wasn't that way before we got in and I think what a beautiful way to end this on in that reflection of the change journey that you've walked the mastery of change that you represent and that codification Mm. for us of how to walk this path with dignity, grace, perseverance vision and importantly focus and a need for self-groundedness. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. It was great. Indeed. Thank you. And to more wine. More wine. (laughs) So we still need to work with Rahima to get her drinking. Change management. Thank you. Good luck. (laughs) We start her with cooking. She can have the wine with the food she cooks. I cook. I cook very well. So let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Tiggy. Thank you so much, guys. Thank Thank you you so much, Rale Bye. 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 This was brought to you by Abba Kulki, the Storytellers, a Womanomics Africa podcast brought to you by Brightrock, the first ever needs-matched life insurance that changes as your life changes. Visit www.changeexchange.co.za to learn more about the science of change and how you can navigate change in your life. If you're enjoying these groundbreaking conversations, be sure not to miss any of our upcoming episodes like this one.